All right. G'day. Good morning. Boy, boy, I've just made him time. <laughs> I've, I've been rushing around doing a whole bunch of stuff. <clears throat> Some of it garage related. We're going to talk about that. Some of it's related to all the other things. I have spent a significant portion of our 4K morning walk this morning complaining about IoT. Let me, before I get off my high horse on that, <coughs> explain my issue. And then we'll do the sponsors and everything else. We're trying to decide on things like garage doors. So I've got all these brochures here. It's part of the garage works. And good news, the garage door is smart. And there's an app for that. And it's a different app to every other app. It's a different one to the awning that we're trying to put in so that we don't get roasted by the sun in the morning. Now, that's smart too. There's an app for that as well. It's a different app. And none of these places know whether or not it works with anything else other than like, oh, I can integrate with Google Home. I had a very nice guy over yesterday from Clipsal. Uh, I feel like Clipsal is an Australian brand. Anyway, they do a whole bunch of electrical stuff that all the switches that we have on the walls here. Uh, we are moving a circuit board for reasons I'll explain later. And we need to get a different circuit board. Uh, so our, our much loved, much trusted Sparky said we'll get the Clipsal rep out. He's going to show some IoT stuff as well. And he's opened up his big... He's a very, very nice guy too. I'll, I'll caveat it with that. He's opened up his briefcase. He's like, here we've got these smart sensors that can tell when a garage is closed or not. And, it's, and I'm like, that's a reed switch, isn't it? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a reed switch. Uh, and here we've got uh, a little module that you can connect to the garage door to trigger it to close or open. And I'm like, yeah, it's like that one up there, isn't it? <laughs> He's like, what's that? It's, it's a Shelly. Uh, I said, you know, your reed switch It's like that one down there. That's an Akira. And he was, a, again, he's a very nice guy, but he was just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, like all this stuff. And, he's, and he said, I don't know if any of it integrates with Home Assist. And he kept saying, Home Assist, Home Assist. And I'm like, okay then. <laughs> I, think, I think we'll just leave you to doing the circuit bit and I will do the IoT bit. Sponsor. Sponsor again this week is Collide. You are going to be seeing a lot more of Collide this year because they are a fantastic sponsor, supporting me greatly to uh, do the things I do and complain about IoT. Collide ensures only secure devices can access your cloud apps. It's device trust tailor-made for Okta. Book a demo today. Now, we spoke about this last week as well, where Collide is doing a lot of things to integrate uh, with your Oktas. Uh, again, Okta, can I say a friend of the show? <laughs> a friend of me? The show's just me. Uh, Doing great stuff. I really appreciate Collide's support. Please go and check them out. Uh, every time you go through and look at their things and, and book a free demo with them, uh, it helps them, which helps me. Uh, and everybody's happy. All right. Who's here? Wayne, Fritz. Good morning. Good evening, everybody. Josh, random internet dude. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the to the show. Christian is a good evening night. Uh, I think from memory, Christian, you were, you were in Norway, weren't you? And Anderson with two S's. Sounds Scandinavian. Stephen, Daniel, didn't you have to climb your fence to get into your house when the garage door wouldn't open? Uh, good question. Does anyone else have any different question? <laughs> um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm going to talk about door locks and things a little bit later on and about the whole IoT thing. I, I do feel that things are getting better. They're getting better in my house. <laughs> They're getting more stable, more reliable. Now, uh, I thought I'd do something different today. I, I got sent a box full of stuff. It's in the photo 
that I attached to this video and it adorns my desk now. And I'm going to give you some context first. I was wasting time on Facebook the other day and I saw a video of a Ferrari F40, which in and of itself is always going to be fantastic. And it was a view from behind the car, almost like a drone shot following the car and it was spitting fire. If you're an EV lover, you're not going to enjoy this. Just tune out for the next few minutes. Spitting fire and it was noisy and it was beautiful. And uh, I was like, how do you get that shot? I have seen this shot before. I have seen this angle before where obviously someone's holding a camera or a camera attached with a tripod or something like this. Uh, but like the arm of the tripod is edited out. So it just looks like it's magically following you. And I went onto the Twitter and I said, all right, who knows what this camera is. And a bunch of people said, it is Insta360. I was like, okay, cool, right, now I know. Uh, at some time in the future, I might go and buy one of those. Anyway, so Insta360 <laughs> pinged me, also on the Twitter, and said, um, would you like us to send you some things? Now, I'm partly explaining this for the sake of transparency, but also to explain my, my rationale with all this. I've written before about, I think it was effectively like, here's how I choose what to endorse, was the, the title of the blog post. And it, it basically boiled down to, you know, when I was getting sent, say, Lenovo stuff, Ubiquiti stuff, I'm surrounded by, they give these things to me. And my view of it is if they are things that, that I would, of my own free volition, go out and purchase anyway, I'd bought many Lenovo machines before, I'd bought a whole house full of Ubiquiti stuff before, <laughs> hadn't bought the Insta360 camera, but bear with me. If it's things that I would buy and use anyway, I'm happy to receive said things and I will give candid, unadulted feedback about how I feel about it. Now, I have said uh, some things I've been unhappy about with Lenovo, Superfish. Other things I've been unhappy about with, uh, with Ubiquity. I think the, the communication around the data breach uh, a year and a bit ago uh, was not great. Now, of course, we learned much more about why that was later on with the insider and all the rest of it. But... Yeah, one of the things I absolutely won't do is allow anyone to control my narrative. And in fact, I had a vendor, and I'm not going to say which one, because we are still working together, but a vendor recently said, look, we'd like to send you something, and then you can write some stuff up and we'll review it, and then you can send the stuff back. And I was like, no, <laughs> there's all sorts of reasons why I won't do that. Number one is you get to control my voice. No. Uh, number two, why am I sending it back? It's like, if it's something that I want and I would genuinely use and I would go and purchase anyway, I don't want to send it back. <laughs> I want to keep it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And uh, and we agreed that this particular product, because it was a pre-release and there are other controls and things around it, etc. So, okay, well, that I just I don't want to have a bar of it. So that is my rationale. And I said that to Insta360 and I sent in the blog post. I said, look, if you're okay with all that, I'm okay getting the stuff and talking about it. So... I've got a massive stash of stuff here. Now, where do we begin? This is the camera that they were using in the video. So this is an Insta360 X3 Pocket 360 cam. Now, I'm going to get the, the scissors out so we can actually unbox all this stuff. It actually arrived a few days ago, and I was like, oh, cool, a box. Normally, it's Charlotte who gets boxes because she orders clothes and stuff for the house, whatever, online. Uh isn't it nice that I got a box for once? And I've opened it and I saw all this cool stuff and I spread it all out over the floor here and I didn't have time <laughs> to touch it, partly because of all the house stuff. Uh, I'm also doing a talk uh, next week in Brisbane, which I had to finish by the close of business yesterday, which I got done. 
And I kept walking past and looking at this stuff. And so when am I going to get to play with this? I'll do it in my video. I'll do it live. And then it really will be candid feedback. So this is where it all began with this camera. So the value proposition of this camera, it's interesting because it seems very sort of within the GoPro space, but different. And I've had GoPros for years. I've used them a lot. Snowboarding, windsurfing, jet ski. Uh, where else do you use them? Uh, I think I held one on a wakeboard or a wake surf or something sometime. We all know GoPro. The value proposition with these guys is they're meant to give you a more 360-degree view, as I understand it. And they're also meant to do the magic selfie stick thing. All right, cool. So here we go. Camera, both sides. Screen, one side. And I think from memory, what's the camera both sides meant to do? It's like you can spin around and see everything. Um, keeping in mind, I have big hands. Not trying to be funny. I'm six foot five. <laughs> it is a pretty small little device. It's pretty light. It's got a tripod mount on the bottom. I'm not going to go through and turn it on and do the setup process. What have we got on the side? It looks like a strap holder here. There's a little door here. What's under the door? USB-C. Thank you for being USB-C and not USB-A. Gee, it'd be nice when all those I things that I have are USB-C. It looks like it's got a little strap holder. Put that near my face so it focuses properly. Is it a strap holder on both sides? Uh, looks like we've got a power button and a Q button. I'm sure that's like a magic button which does something or other. We've got another couple of buttons on the front. Uh, okay, what is in the box? It's all nice packaging too. It's very kind of, I think it's a compliment to say Apple-esque packaging. It's in here. I assume this is going to be my one millionth USB-C cable <laughs> that I would have had by now. Uh, yes, another USB-C cable. Awesome. I actually like Apple's approach at the moment where they're going, look, we're just not going to ship chargers and stuff because you probably have all of them already. Uh, looks like a little soft case here. Okay, soft case is good. Hmm. It's like a, like a little neoprene case. All right, we might, we might drop that in there. And that's got a little cutout on the side here. I assume for for the buttons, probably for the USB-C charger, actually, so you can charge it in the case. Let's drop that guy in there. Okay. It's cased up, USB-C. What else is in here? Uh, instructions, instructions. Oh, a screen wipe. Uh, again, something I, I probably have more than enough of. Stickers will go straight to the kids. Good on them. They will be happy with that. That is the main thing. Now, what I was particularly interested in and now is not the time, soon will be the time, <laughs> is getting a really cool shot from the back of a car. So what I really wanted to see was the gear to do that. And I sort of said to the, the person who contacted me, I was like, look, this, this is what I want to try and do. You know, Can you just let me, let me know what's available? Actually, here's another thing before I go. Another box, lens cap. <laughs> I just saw Fritz's comment, Troy's unboxing therapy. It is a bit like that because I feel like I've had a hell of a week. I've been up at somewhere between four and five o'clock every morning, going to about five or six o'clock every night in order, a bunch of the house stuff, but 
preparing presentations, data breachy stuff, all sorts of other things. And I've just been sitting there like looking at all this gear going, I'd like to play with it, <laughs> but I'm too busy and I have to prioritize things in life. And I was feeling sorry for myself as I unbox all my three free cameras. Uh, now this sounds pretty self-explanatory. This looks like just a cover, what do I call it? Lens cap, lens cap for the Insta360. Okay, let's rub a cap. What does it look like? On, you know I should do? I should put all of the gear here. All right, so here it is. Okay, well, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what it says it is. So that's that's uh, that's handy. You've got to protect your things. I probably don't need that box anymore. I can go in the bin. Uh, what were they? Sticky lens guards. Sticky lens guards. Uh, I don't think I need to unbox that. I, I think that that is going to be exactly what it sounds like it is for lens protection. Uh, in fact, just to get the mundane stuff out of the way while we're here, micro SD card. Actually, genuinely, thank you for sending me that 64 gigabyte Microsoft SD card. That is the uh, the sort of thing that you can never have too many of because you need one for every single device unless you want to keep changing them all the whole time. Let's go on the fun bit. Suction cap. So well, I'm uh, opening the suction cap. Let's have a look at the comments here. Wayne says, the SSD failed running my home assistant. That's when I found out the backup hadn't been working. That's my worst nightmare. It really is. So you know what they always say about backing up is one thing, restoring is, a, is another. Uh, I have lots of backups. I do save them off home assistant as well. So I'm going to do right now because you've made me paranoid now. But I have not been testing restoring them. And that... Uh, that does worry me a little bit. I should try this sometime. I'm wondering when I'm going to get to the point where I feel that the Raspberry Pi that it is running on is insufficient. And I haven't really hit it yet. I've, I've had to clear some storage in the past, in part by deleting backups. Here was my last backup 15 hours ago. That's when I did the last update. Uh, that was 366 megabytes. Uh, let's download that. Download backup. Now that's core now i actually drop that in a cloud storage location just in case the entire house burns down where we have here on a network backups folder and backups home assistant home assistant goes in there it is a big old tar file we'll drop that in there okay that'll make me happy about that now that's home assistant core and then there's add-ons for like node red i don't have anything on there decons i probably should be downloading it's only 0.2 megabytes. Ah, we'll pull that down anyway. Who knows? I'd rather have too many backups than not enough. Okay, done with that. Thank you for the uh, the reminder there, Wayne. Gordon says, business opportunity. We have the app for all that. Go around and make a consumer-friendly app that talks to all the things, which is what Home Assistant is. Chase, Chase Co says, I was looking at getting an orange pie to run Home Assistant on. Okay. Wayne was always impressed how quickly I got things up and running again. I'm using HA on Zigbee Radio, which lets you back up the radio settings, which is super nice. Okay. Oh. I am hoping I never have to actually find out what it's like to restore under duress because a lot of stuff would break. Now, actually, speaking of stuff breaking, it's not broken, but as part of all our garage works, I have had to move the server rack with all the ubiquity gear 
away from the patch panel, which we've got Ethernet running to, it's only Cat5, but Ethernet running to every room in the house, usually two ports to every room in the house because they massively overcompensated when they did it. And I've had to unplug a bunch of that, move the server out into a different location that's away from all the dust and concrete cutting. And miraculously, just about everything still worked. So some, I'm still not entirely sure, but one of the access points wirelessly uplinked to one of the other access points when it was normally hardwired, and, and basically everything still magically worked, bar one camera. And then I've moved it all back in, but we've rejiggled stuff, and I haven't quite plugged everything back in. Long story short, I'm wirelessly uplinking at the moment. Uh, in fact, I've just realized that I'm now Dropboxing over that wireless uplink, Dropbox syncing my home assistant backup, which doesn't really have a lot of capacity. The wireless uplink. No, it's finished. All right, well, that's done. Okay, suction cup. So this is the sort of thing you could put on the back of a car or a jet ski. I believe all of these devices are waterproof. The camera, I should actually <laughs> probably check that. Uh, looks like this classic sort of suction cup with a, a lever, which is good. So mount here looks very GoPro mount, doesn't it? Is the GoPro mount a proprietary thing? Maybe it's not. Uh, oh, you know, it's cool. All right. This is not a, a uh, an artificial Insta360 pitch. One of the things that bugs me no end with the GoPro is when you connect the GoPro to the jet ski and you go a little bit fast and it's a bit bumpy, I cannot for the life of me stop the mount from slipping. Now, this for all intents and purposes looks like a GoPro mount looks like the same connection but in here we have what appears to be looks like some sort of a locking pin and I'm just wondering oh you know it is it is two locking pins let's try and get that apart it's two locking pins connected by a rubber band <laughs> so let's get that out so this is what it is it's a little pin and I'm really curious to see when we lock that on how sturdy this mount is so a little pin goes into there. Is that where it goes? I'm wondering if I'm putting it all the way through. Uh, looks like it should go all the way to there. This may be one of the things I have to read the instructions on. My gut feel, looking at this, and I will confirm, is it looks like it's not going to move as much because you can actually get some tension on it. The GoPro little screws are very, very hard to actually tighten up. I hope that that is exactly what it looks like it is. That will make me very, very happy if that actually locks in place properly. Uh, another sticker, <laughs> which is good. I'll save the instructions. The instructions probably tell you what the pin does. And of course, the instructions are ridiculously small, which is, uh, tends to be the way with everything these days. Ubiquity is the worst. I told you I'd give candid feedback. Every time I open Ubiquity instructions, it is impossible to read. Uh, and it's not just because my eyes are getting old, but I find myself taking a photo of the instructions with my phone and then pinching and zooming so I can read the bloody thing. Comments here. Uh, Fritz says, I'm using the Google Drive backup add-on. Yeah, actually, that's, I, I did know that was there. That is a good idea. I should do something like that. Keeps the device clean. So far, I was able to restore. Warmly welcome. Note to self. <laughs> Thank you very much for that uh that comment, Fritz, uh, I literally have a list of things to do, and I'm going to add on there, uh, Home Assistant Cloud Backup. 
And I'm not sure if it will be a Google Drive backup or what, but it'll be one of those things. Thank you for reminding me. Stephen, plus one, highly recommended home system Google Drive backup. Cool. He says his backs up once a week on a Sunday morning. Good plan. Daniel says, you're running air conditioning for garage where your new rack will go. I'm going to talk about cooling because that is, <laughs> that's not arguments about that, but that's an important thing. Wayne says, I found a OneDrive one, which seems to be working okay. All right, sweet. Uh, that would probably be my, my pick of choice. Uh, I don't think I need that box anymore. Don't need that box. In fact, while I'm chucking boxes, I can, so long as I save the stickers, I can chuck the one from the camera itself, and we'll just keep the, uh, the brochures, safety guidelines, probably don't need that, waterproofing, what you need to know. All right, this is not just me. All right, so look at how small this text is on these brochures. Um, at a guess, I would say most people probably just go online and read this stuff online, which is what I'm going to be doing because I literally can't read the size of the brochure. Go in there. Nothing else under there. Nope. Cool. No, actually, what does the brochure say or the box? 5.7K 360 capture. Wow. Single lens mode, 720p 360 photo, active HDR, invisible selfie stick. This is what we're getting to. Flow state stabilization. And guess what that is? 360 horizon lock. Waterproof to 10 meters. That'll do us. Voice control, AI-powered editing. Ooh, I'm excited about this. i got so much stuff I could play with on this. Actually, I do have to pick up my new wakeboard today. <laughs> Maybe that will be, uh, that will be uh, one of the things to do it with. Now, what else we got in here? Selfie stick, invisible selfie stick. Now, admittedly, I did open this yesterday. I was doing a podcast with someone, and we were talking about this, and he was like, what, is it green or something? Like, is it, you know, green screen kind of stuff? How does it work? And I opened it, and no, it is not green. It is black. And not only is it black, it looks really cool. So that's the invisible selfie stick. When I say it looks cool, it's got a nice nice pattern on the handle. Uh, some nice knurled metal on the end, and a standard, um, looks like a standard jack. For uh, or a standard um, camera mount, not jack. That's not the right word. So, actually has a male on one end, a female on the other end. So I am assuming, if we start to line all this up, I'm assuming that on this tripod mount you can do that, and then on the other end you can put on the camera. Oh, it extends too. Watch this. Oh, that's really good. All right, this is how big this is. <laughs> it's like, whoa, wow, ah, that is impressive. And then there's a suction cap mount. I'm going to try not to stick it in the ceiling fan, but that'll go there. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. I'm glad we're actually doing this live because this is, if you were not here and I opened this up on my own, I would be saying exactly the same thing. That, that is really cool. I'm kind of impressed with that. Now, I'm burning a lot of time here, and I do have a hard stop in about half an hour. Next one, mini two-in-one tripod. They uh, credit to them; they they did deliver. They did deliver, and all of this happened in the space of less than a week or something. If I was to guess, I would say that they are 
trying very hard to capture an audience that has traditionally been dominated by GoPro. When did I get my first GoPro? At least a decade ago, at least. Uh, okay, so this is the this is the mini tripod. Um, oh, I can see what's going to happen here. Watch this. Nice. Look at that. Does it go up as well? I don't think it goes up. Oh, it does go up. Watch. Ah, that's cool. So, little desk-mounted tripod, which of course could also double as a handheld job like this. Another couple of these little locking pins. So I'm really, really hoping that these locking pins actually lock and keep things in place. And of course, another tripod mount there, another rubber band. We don't need that. Packaging, packaging, packaging. Wow, this is really cool. I might have to go to the wake park later on and <laughs> give this a run. What's in these? Oh, I, I, interesting. Right, so my complaint again about the GoPro constantly shuffling. In this little pack, and I noticed there was another little pack before, which has got writing on it, which is very hard to read. Some third-party accessories are small in size and may be loose when utilised. Use gaskets to solve the problem. Gaskets. Gaskets. Why doesn't GoPro do gaskets? So, in fact, this is one of the things that I tried to hack my way around with the GoPro and it never really worked. So gaskets are tiny little rubber stickers that will go into the connectors here so that you've got rubber on rubber rather than plastic on plastic. And of course, rubber on rubber is just going to grip a little bit better. Oh, I'm really, oh man, I'm excited about this. I am. See, this is why they send people stuff, right? <laughs> because you end up opening things like this, feeling very excited and telling everyone about it. Uh, what else do you hear in the comments? Stephen, I know who Troy is extending on camera. It's late where you are, isn't it, Stephen? Daniel, uh, thing looks like a weapon. It does. Fritz says, feels like watching the kid as a watching the kid in us unwrap new toys on Christmas Eve. Yes, it does. It does. Wayne, did you ever get the wall sorted? I don't recall an update on that. The wall. <laughs> Soon. Soon. Reasons, excuses, soon. And I will explain more about that at the time. Uh, when I say soon, I think it's literally about two weeks from now. Next thing is this. This is Insta360 Car V Bayonet Metal Quick Release Bracket. Wordy. I think what this is, they were explaining to me in the, in the thread that we had going, is something to the effect of being able to mount the camera within the car. So I'm wondering if this is sort of a very sort of flush mount somewhere in the car so that if you want to do filming in the car, it sits nicely. It's nicely made, I'll give it that. It's very metal-like. Okay, so... We've got some 3M, looks like 3M adhesive on this side, so do you need to stick it on somewhere? Uh, this moves, that pushes. What happens when that pushes? Not quite sure. Oh, does it slide off? Okay. Right, understanding more now. So, this looks like it is a uh, 3M adhesive mount by the look of it, so you could mount it somewhere. Uh, probably won't be sticking this to my paintwork. Camera mount on this end just here, you push this little button and it slides off. 
And then it looks like there's another one. What does this one do? This one's got feet. Okay, so this one's got feet. So I guess that could mount on one of the other mounts. And then the little camera mount looks like it slides onto there. So as best I can tell, this allows you to mount the camera. I'm just not sure what... Why would you use this one or not this one? I may have to figure that out later on. Nicely made. It's something you could probably hear. It's like it's a metal clasp. That... Uh, that's very nice because the feet are magnetic. Watch this, right? So here's a little feet. Once it's closed, they don't come out. It's just, it's nicely made. It is very nicely made. Put that, that goes in there. I'll figure out what that is later on. I might keep the box. <laughs> Except I can't read it. <laughs> Multi-compatible, strong and stable. We'll like that, don't we? Last thing. And then we'll go on to other stuff. It's no cyber this week. Insta360 Link, the AI-powered 4K webcam. Now, I was tempted to get this up and running before doing today's video, and then I'd use it in today's video. But evidently, that has not happened. Now, um, I guess I could do it next week. My understanding of this is that it is a webcam on a gimbal that can move and follow you. And when I had a quick look online, it looks like it can do things like if I start drawing a picture for you all, it can sort of focus down and look at the picture. Now, I have my Sony, what is it, A6400 something something uh, DSLR plugged into an Elgato cam link, which is why the picture looks so freaking awesome at the moment. So I'm really keen to see what that looks like. Look, it is on a gimbal. Look at that. Oh, that's neat. How amazing is technology these days? You can fit all of this into this tiny, tiny, tiny little camera. I mean, that is literally like palm of my hand kind of stuff. That is a tiny camera. Uh, okay, what do we got in here? USB-C again. Thank you. <coughs> nice being USB-C. Let's just peel the wrapper off here. Don't need that. Um, <coughs> camera mount on the bottom, but it also flips open so it can hang on your monitor so i guess i will be able to hang that up there which would be nice It'd be very nice i bet you i got another usb-c cable <laughs> in this box because you can never have too many usb-c cables apparently uh let's have a look okay i got a usb-c cable <laughs> that's there so thanks guys got another one of those uh i've got a USB-C to USB-A adapter. Always handy to have, actually. I did buy a bunch of these off eBay recently. Uh, one more will be fine because on the back of my Lenovo, it's only a couple of years old, Lenovo desktop, it's only USB-A. Brochures, brochures, box. Uh, more stickers. We'll be keeping those. And then the rest of that box can go. So my commitment to you is I will definitely get this little AI camera going by next week's video. We'll use that. I'm just very keen to see what it looks like. Maybe it will follow me around the room. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I will make an attempt to get this other AI camera going. We'll see what I can do with it. We'll see if I can get that on the wake park today. It's a good excuse to go to the wake park other than getting my new board. So <laughs> let's see about that. All right, comments. Uh, Stephen says, 27 people watching, but only three likes. <laughs> Got to show Troy we're enjoying his tech mass unwrapping. 
Yeah, where's the lights, man? Um, if no one was watching, I'd do it anyway because this is kind of fun. And it, it, in a more serious tone for a moment, this has been, doing these videos, something that has kept me grounded and consistent over a few years of anything but, uh, which has been good. It's all good now. Don't worry about that. We'll talk more about those issues another time. Fritz, does the cam interface with the barbecue so we can see a time lapse of the rib smoking? Oh, you should see what's on there now. You should see. Where is it? This would be very high tech. Uh, we are doing another brisket. So, in fact, I just, just had a message back from my parents because it's doing a brisket uh, on the smoker right now. Looks kind of like this. This is as of, what, 40 minutes ago or something. And I realized how big it was and decided I needed to ask my parents around to help us eat it as well. So photos of that will come later on. Uh, six likes now, seven likes now, Christian, thank you. It's like one of those YouTube videos where everyone's like, like and subscribe and help me monetize my things. Um, you can do whatever the hell you want. All right. Next. So there are other things. Door locks. Now, <laughs> this is almost like the unboxing IoT weekly update. Finding a door lock, as we're doing all these renos, a connected door lock is, let's just be honest, it's a pain in the ass. Now, I'll explain my criteria. In fact, I'll begin by explaining why I want one in the first place because a bunch of people are like, why would you use IoT to secure your house? I'll give you the practical reasons, then we'll do the pragmatic risk assessment threat actor thing. Uh, this morning, great example. We go out for a walk every morning and we're like, okay, where's the key? We've got to take the key. We normally just take a key for the front door rather than on the kludge of car keys and everything else. <clears throat> we're having trouble finding the key. And then Charles's like, did we give it to the housekeeper yesterday? Or did we get it to the, the sparky who was around running wires? I was like, where's the key? Don't know where the freaking key is. <clears throat> I would like to no longer have a key. In fact, I'd like to no longer have any keys. Excuse <coughs> me. <coughs> including the one that's even sitting on my desk here because you have to give a key to the electricity. Well, I'll rephrase it. This key says Energex, which is, I think that's the old name for Energy Australia. And you have to have access to the property for the energy company to come and read your meter. Or the meter has to be external to the property, which ours is not. So <clears throat> we have to have a door that's compatible with that key. Or as my Sparky said yesterday, you can call them up and give them a pin to your property and they can use that. That's great. Okay, so we're starting to get rid of keys. I would like the kids to be able to come home at any time and either they don't have to carry a key because I'll lose that straight away or we don't have to be there. Uh, I think there are lots of good practical reasons. I would like the ability to know whether the door is locked <coughs> excuse me, at night or during the day or whenever without having to actually go and check it manually. At the moment, <clears throat> I've got an automation where when we go to bed, we've got a magic button. It will tell us if there is anything in the house that needs attention. So, for example, you haven't closed the garage door. I'd love it to tell us that a door hasn't been locked. I don't know if I want it to automatically lock the door for us. Good value proposition. Okay, risk stuff. <clears throat> I've found a lot of problems in IoT before, not just as an end user, but as a security person. Uh, this would be everything from problems with kids' tracking watches through to problems with connected teddy bears through to, geez, I don't know. It's been a bunch of things. I know that they can have issues. <laughs> now, things like the kids' tracking watch, well, the issue there is that someone can pull back 
data about where your child is. They can relocate your child. They can set themselves as the parent with the phone number that allows them to call the child on their watch. With the connected home, obviously the, the risk that we have <clears throat> and the thing that we're worried about is we're worried about someone gaining unauthorised access to the property. Uh, now, yes, there are also risks in terms of if there are uh, logs or anything like that, being able to see when the door was locked and unlocked. But let's face it, the biggest thing we're worried about is someone gaining access to the property. Now, to gain access to the property, you've got to be here. <laughs> like, you've got to be on site. So you need to have both the ability to find the vulnerability in the IoT thing or find the misconfiguration, then connect to the network and unlock it, whatever it is, and you need to be physically present. Further... You need to be a criminal willing to actually walk into someone's house. And there is a big difference between someone SQL injecting someone's website on the other side of the world to literally walking in through your front door and trespassing on your property. <coughs> Different risks as well. Uh, I can guess what would happen if you did that to many houses in America. You might come out with more holes in your body that weren't there before. So you're much less likely to do that. It's a different class of person. And the, the reality of it is, <clears throat> the, the thing that we're most worried about here, our threat actor, to use the term, is opportunistic kids. That's what happens here. It's opportunistic kids going in through an unlocked door, stealing the car keys and driving out the car. Uh, or stealing random shit. We had someone here many years ago, uh, try the doors, doors were all locked, and they walked away with freaking cushions off an outdoor couch and like a snorkel, stupid stuff like that. They're the people that we're worried about. <clears throat> so the level of sophistication in terms of what's required to get through a lock re really isn't the issue here. Now that said, one lock that was looking pretty good, <clears throat> you start Googling around for videos and things, and one of the first you find is the lock picking lawyer who takes about three seconds to get through it. And it's like that just, just on principle, that looks shit. <laughs> so I'm not gonna get that. Here's what I want, my perfect world. You think about all the different ways you could interact with it. Key, ability to use a key. Key is a good fallback position. Pin, pin is good because I can give that to the energy company. If someone is going to come to the house and need to gain access, such as the electrician who we trust completely, but I'd rather not leave a key with, pin, beautiful. Biometric, I always have that with me. Biometric is a nice to have. Without biometric, there are other options, of course, the pin being one of them. Integration with NFC. NFC, I think, is a great one. I'd love to have something that you're physically close to and you tap. And extending that further, Apple Home Key. So we have iThings. Uh, both Charlotte and I have iThings. The kids have iThings. Watches, phones, all the rest of it. And they're always on you. It'd be great to be able to walk up. And my understanding, I mean, HomeKey only launched, I think, last year or something. My understanding is, is it can be either like a credit card where you've actually got to unlock. <clears throat> and I won't show you this because it's got the last footage of my card, but I've double-clicked the button and now I've got the card and now I can swipe and pay for my things. Or you can configure it so that you just have to be physically present. And I'm not sure if that's just NFC then or what it is, but that's a great sort of native first-class integration to our operating system of choice for mobile devices. Uh, what else? Obviously being able to remote unlock by Wi-Fi, handy as well. And I know that that gets into that space of, okay, but what if someone gets into your things? Well, again, they may, but they also need physical access and malicious intent and be willing to take the risk of being accosted <laughs> by ourselves or neighbours or someone like that. <clears throat> now, the challenge is finding something that does all those things and also finding something that we're happy with aesthetically. 
So I was quite keen on one of the Ikera locks, but it is a large unit. And Charlotte and I have had many discussions, <laughs> particularly over the last couple of weeks, that have boiled down to she is aesthetic first and I am function first. And we're going to talk about cooling for server racks and things in a moment. But there is a valid point, which is that if you get a big lock that is aesthetically a large piece because it's got a pin pad on and it's got maybe it's got a handle on it, all this sort of stuff, you are now connecting a piece of technology which will be obsolete over some course of a short period of years much faster than the door itself will be obsolete because doors for the most part don't really change a lot. Open, close. <laughs> like it's it's a hinge with a big panel. Like that's about it. <clears throat> so trying to find something which has a small footprint is an important thing. Now, looking at my good mate Aaron Powell, he wrote a blog post. I think it might have been partly prompted by me looking for door locks. He's got a uh, he's got one from Yale. I like the idea of getting one from Yale because Yale is a lock maker, and then they've added IoT. Now, as I think about this out loud, I'm not so sure because, okay, they, we know that they can make a good physical lock, but can they do a good job of the IoT? On the other hand, if you went to a company that was very good at IoT, can they do that well, but then it's a physical lock? <laughs> not so good, I don't know. But there is, not launched yet, an Akira, I think it's a U100, which seems to tick every single box and the freaking thing isn't launched yet. Smart Lock U100. Now, what I like about this U100 is, uh, here's the press release. This was from the 5th of Jan, which is your problem because it's so new. Let's go to images. It's basically just, uh, it, it, it does have a pin pad. So it does have a form factor, which looks like it's not a whole lot bigger than that Insta360 camera. It's got the pin there. It's got biometrics. It's It doesn't have a handle. So you can still have a nice aesthetically pleasing handle on your door. And then this just sits in there and does the lock. It does uh, Apple Home Key. I'm really, really keen on the Home Key thing. Just being a first class citizen of my mobile device. So I think what I need to do is figure out when that's going to come, <clears throat> if we can wait for that. And also just thinking about, can we do something which we can easily upgrade without messing up the door. So if we get something that's, let's say it's the Yale one like Aaron's done, and we get that, and then we roll to the U100 or something later on, of course, at a cost, can we do that without messing things up? That's the question. So look at the comments here. Stephen, big thanks for letting us watch you live. All right, cool. Random internet, dude. What microphone do you use? I have a Rode Broadcaster... If you Google Troy Hunt Ultimate Home Office, it's all detailed in there. But it is a Rode broadcaster on a uh, on a Rode Boom mic, which I think is pretty good. Um, <clears throat> Wayne says, showing keys online, not good. Well, several things. First of all, if you can successfully copy that, good idea. Good work. Second of all, you've then got to have the willingness to come to our house and break in. Thirdly, we've literally just ripped this lock off the gate. <laughs> So it doesn't matter. You have to climb the fence like I do when the IoT doesn't work. Stephen, not using smart meters yet. Okay, good question. Although sore subject to me is mine is faulty when paired with Powerwall and reads phantom power usage. So this is one of the things we've been discussing and one of the reasons the clip cell rep was out yesterday. 
I think what we're going to do here is we're going to leave enough DIN rails in the uh, in the switch cabinet to be able to put Shelly IoT power meters. Now we we're having a look at some of them yesterday with the Sparky, and I think that's the right way to go. I've already got a bunch of Shelly stuff here. I really love the brand. I think they do a good job. Uh, we will then just consider out of the 30-odd circuits or whatever it is in the house, what we actually want to measure. Uh, I want to measure the hot tub, the hot water heater. We've got an outdoor heater on three-phase over here. We've got a steam shower, this office, <laughs> the server rack, things like that. That's what I want to measure. So we're not going to measure everything. There's no point measuring like the ceiling lights in the kids' room, for example. Uh, but that's the way I intend to do that. Christian says, no more reading the meters in Norway. We're all using smart meters, except a very few exceptions. Okay, yep. I'm, you drive an electric cars all over the place too. Like, we'll catch up <laughs> over time. He also says, if the lockpicking lawyer uses more than 15 seconds to pick a lock, is it a lock he recommends? Good question. Um, mm. Okay. <clears throat> Last two things, very quickly. Ubiquity AI bullet cam. I shared some some uh, some video and some pictures of this last week, and the the general value proposition of this is it's an AI cam that can do things like license plate recognition. Now I'm going to talk less about that because I already had discussions around this and more around some of the reactions because I found them kind of amusing, if I'm honest. So that the whole idea of that security camera is you obviously point it at the road. <coughs> And it does license plate recognition, so you can you can obviously see what the plate is. Now, I, I think Ubiquity, this is sort of their first step into that realm. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff where you could look at, you know, have I seen this vehicle before? And this is where how we sort of started going down this path to begin with, <clears throat> where there was a very suspicious looking vehicle at a time where we had a bunch of break-ins. It was driving backwards and forwards. No one could get the plate in our little neighborhood here. Uh, that no one got a clear shot of it. All our cams were sort of side on. So I was like, I'm going to fix this with technology and put a cam outside and it's going to look down the road because it's going to be close to that. <clears throat> and what we really wanted to know was, is this a vehicle that keeps coming by? And then if there is a break-in, was it around at the time? And you know, all sorts of logical reasons. Some people are upset by this. <laughs> I know, like on the internet, they're upset. It's amazing. And one person in particular, I just remember sharing this with a couple of people and having a good laugh, <clears throat> who were like, this person was from Finland, which I've recently spent a bunch of time in. And he said something to the effect of, I'm glad I live in a civilized country where this isn't allowed. It's like, what, cameras? <laughs> What's your problem? And then there are people from other parts of Europe, <clears throat> in particular, because Europe obviously tends to be more privacy conscious, who are like, is this even legal to use a camera? I'm like, of course it's legal. When I originally went through and did the um, <clears throat> the very hacky version of a camera to try and capture a license plate, I did double, triple check that this is legal here. And basically what it boils down to, I've spoken about this in another video, uh, in Australia, in this state, is that, yes, you can have security cameras. Uh, they should be pointed at places where people don't have an expectation of privacy. The road out there, I reckon here's the, here's the measure. I've just thought of this. You should be able to point security cameras at places where people would not be willing to walk around naked. Let's use that measure. Out there, no, not really my thing. Inside, let's go for it. I don't have cameras point inside. In the pool, at night with the lights off, no, 
maybe. So anyway, the point is, is that I wouldn't point it internally. I would point it out there. I question pointing it at the pool. And in the past, I'll put privacy zones around the pool and things like that. But the, the legislation here says uh, places where people don't have an expectation of privacy, if it is facing a neighbour, uh, it might be reasonable to have a discussion with the neighbour. Uh, and I think the example they use is kids in the pool next door. And that sounds very reasonable. I do not understand this this position of you cannot have one pointing out at your street and capture things. Because I've said to a couple of people, like, so what, you, I think one of them was in Italy and one was in Germany, do you not have dash cams? And they're like, oh, yeah, we've got dash cams. Well, so you can drive around and get lots of video of lots of people all over the place, but you can't have video just in front of your place. <laughs> like, where does that work? What about Teslas? Do you have a Tesla which has got cameras all over it? Is that okay? Oh, yeah, we got those. Well, anyway, the conversation tends to go a bit silent there. I find that a weird thing. All right, last thing before I got to run. The garage redesign. Now, I shared a video yesterday. If you haven't seen this already, it's on my Twitter timeline, where we have a digital rendering. I'm going to walk through some of this. And... Uh, it's a digital rendering from a joinery company. So we are getting cabinets and things made. Now, things have gotten a bit out of control, if I'm honest. <laughs> the original idea was we just wanted to clean out all of the bikes and all the crap in the garage, redo the cabinets because they were 17 years old. Previous owners or tenants had run into some of them. They bent. The doors didn't close properly. The door to the garage really wasn't appropriate, had all these slats in it, you'd get dust and shit blow in there. It was just, just it it was so far beneath potential. So we're like, okay, let's try and redesign it. What do we need in there? We need space for two cars. So we got to clean some stuff out of there. We've bought a bike shed. The bikes will go in the bike shed. There'll be a camera pointed at the bike shed. It's on our property. <laughs> no expectation of privacy from other people. Um the server rack has to go in there. So we've got to make sure there's room for that. We've got uh, a beer fridge and a wine fridge and stuff like that. And then as we started going through this, because we're still doing the kitchen at the same time, and the joinery company was like, yeah, you know, we can do a garage too. So they've rendered up this, this video, which is – I shared it on Twitter. I did put James Bond theme music to it because it kind of feels cool. And when my parents saw it, they said uh, – Oh, it feels a bit like a casino, which which is not the plan. I think they said that mostly because of the lights and the ceiling. <clears throat> but I've shared before, as we've been doing all our research, things like hexagonal lights on the ceiling, which just, they just look cool. And what we're trying to do here, and a lot of this will change, I think the, the basic layout where there's like fridges at the end because there's room to open the doors where they don't hit cars, uh, putting, we've sort of gone like, do like a whiskey bar, gin bar kind of style inside. <clears throat> And then the server cabinet goes under a set of stairs. So the basic layout's going to be right. The basic feel of it in terms of it being a darker area but with this cool lighting on the roof, I think, is going to be consistent. One of the challenges has been for a rack. I keep saying server cabinet, but what's in there? Uh, a bunch of Ubiquiti gear, Unified Dream Machine Pro, uh, Unify NVR to do all the video recording, uh, a full rack width, width switch, a rack-mounted UPS, a couple of Synology, in fact, one Synology rack-mounted drive, a couple of uh, desktop-mounted drives just sitting in the rack, a, a, a little one-din unit uh, 
10 unit, one RU, one rack unit enclosure for Raspberry Pis because I've got the pie hole in there and I've got Home Assistant there. So it's not creating crazy amounts of heat, but as I've tried to explain to Charlotte, and this is where we clash a little bit with the form versus function stuff, it needs to suck cold air in and vent hot air out. It needs to get the cold air from somewhere and then the hot air needs to go somewhere. And what I think we've pretty much settled on here is that the front faces out into the garage. I think it looks cool because it's got some blinky lights and stuff. She's less convinced, but we had a compromise. That'll pull cold air in. And then it's got fans on the top that, that do only come on when it gets to a certain temp. That's all done by Home Assistant. It's going to blow hot air up. And then the hot air is going to go up under the stairs, which sort of go, it's not 45 degrees, but it's a slope up. And then I'm going to vent them out the side. So I'm actually going to have a vent with a bunch of extractor fans, possibly the same ones that are in the server rack. So that'll suck as well. And it will suck the air out and it will blow it up to the top more towards this bar areas. So that's the working plan at the moment. Now, our garage has been totally stripped. We've got bare concrete floors everywhere. Next week, all the plaster gets stripped off because the sparkies need to do work on it. And then we'll get it epoxied. We'll get the cabinets and things in, the painting, the lights. It will look freaking awesome. It'll be more like a cool room than a garage. Uh, so that's that's the goal. That's the goal. I can see the vision coming. All right. Now, Brendan says, before you run, Troy, is an Apple Watch truly worth it to you? Tempted to pick one up today. To me, yes, it is. I live and breathe by this. Uh, it's everything from all my notifications and things. I don't have to have my phone with me when I go out. Sometimes I've got cellular. Uh, I Every time I do any exercise, I capture it on here. The big screen, I really like paying for stuff. Big thing, paying for stuff. Uh, yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Your mileage may vary. On that note, I'm going to go and do other things. Thank you very much for watching. Next week, I'll try and come to you from, where is it in my pile of 360 stuff? I'll try and come to you from the Insta360 camera. We'll see what that looks like. And I'm going to make an effort to get out on the wake park today and see if I can capture some video with, uh, with this cam as well. Cheers, folks. We shall see you next.